Hello and welcome to the Biz Here Podcast. I'm Kyle Arant. And I'm Karen Welch. And we have a, something to talk about right at the top here that All people right. might want to take some notes on. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, December 6th, mm-hmm. there is an event that uh, you need to sign up for if you want to attend it. But it is a reception to learn more about the new Amarillo PACE program. Okay, what is that? PACE. It is, it's a Texas program that's available, uh, commercial property. It's property assessed clean energy is what the PACE word stands for. Okay. And it's a it's basically a chance to do some upgrades um, with a, a little bit of uh, capital or a little bit of help uh, on saving your cost up front by, um, through the state, through okay. this financial tool. Um, you can do upgrades to facility infrastructure if you're a property owner with little or no upfront capital. Um, owners can lower operating costs, pay for eligible improvements with the savings that they generate, and they can do things like new heating and cooling systems, lighting improvements, solar panels, water pumps, uh, insulation. This is for uh, trying to upgrade to more energy efficient um, uh, infrastructure in kind your building. A, a bigger version of what we saw Excel and, and Atmos and other utility providers doing when LED came out right. or if you, you had a rebate for this, rebate for right. that. This is an opportunity for some, some business folks in the community to get some capital help. And, exactly. and a lot of those folks are small business or may not have the ability to, to go out and say, I need new heating, I need new whatever. This may be the well, way. Well, and do if it. you're talking about, you know, especially taking an older building and mm-hmm. trying to do it, th- those costs to bring things up to code sure. and things like that um, are are hefty. Sure. So this is a way to take that, um, get involved in that program, and uh, see projects that that you can actually finish with some help from this this plan. Um, there's an RSVP for the reception. Uh, I have to read this uh, link. It's terrible. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash G-O-O dot G-L forward slash O-Q capital Q G-7-F-I. All right. So we're going to do one thing um, for our listeners. We're going to put that on the website. And we're also going to put it in the link on SoundCloud. So if you find the podcast on SoundCloud... That's a resource that we'll have there because that thing is long. Yes. And according to this, again, that's happening um, tomorrow, Wednesday, December 6th. That's at the Amarillo Civic Center Hospitality Room. Right. And um, it's an Eventbrite sign-up page. Okay. There may be a way, a way to search Eventbrite. Eventbrite okay. for the city of Amarillo. Yeah. Um, there will be some, uh, looks like some regional program folks on hand to answer questions. That'll be cool. All right, again, that's in the hospitality room, accessible through entrance seven on 401 South Buchanan down at the Civic Center. Uh, that's going to be a great opportunity. It's the city uh, council just approved that program uh, as a financial tool that Amarillo would use right. um, in the last few months, and uh, they've had some project interest, which is why they uh, they looked at it and adopted yeah. it. So this audience would also um, like to have a little insight on maybe what we're thinking of. Um, so be be looking out for a potential partnership with the city, maybe some yes. new ways to get information, mm-hmm. um, some ways that, you know, Karen has her, her pulse on business and, and the community and the city is, is a big part of that. So, 
Yeah, we Maybe hope we're cooking to, up something. So so stay close. We yeah. hope to launch that um, soon. I All hope. right. Um, the other th- next thing is uh, Barnes Jewelry. Been in in uh, a family's hands for decades, and Vest Barnes. Best Barnes three, I believe he mm-hmm. is, is retiring. So it's changing hands. Um, I just remember the commercials. I'm Best Barnes, and I want to be your jeweler. Well, and he d- he even he does, was for a long time. <laughs> yeah, he even does the voiceover for the latest com- commercial, which is um, discussing his retirement sale okay. and how they're liquidating. In fact, they're doing fifty uh, percent off of some of the of their collection of diamonds and jewelry, okay. uh, so that the the business can be conveyed to Don Adams. Um, okay. He is the chief operating officer and general manager. Mm-hmm. So, so he's the he's the next one. So, right. is it going to keep the name, or do we know? I do not know that okay. yet. Right. Um, I have a call placed to Don, and I hope we talk real soon. Very cool. So, um, but moral of the story is it's staying in Amarillo and, and just changing hands as, after a great run. As far run. as yeah. as far as I understand, yes, and okay. and uh, you know it's located out there. Um, at on, on Westgate on Parkway, the yeah. west side of the mall, mm-hmm. exterior to the mall, but uh, Best Buy, Target, right. Barnes. <laughs> it was a big deal when Barnes Jewelry moved out to the mall area yes. from Wolfland Village because yes, it, it had been there for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, next, we have uh, just a little um, merger agreement information. Okay. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings uh, announced mm-hmm. that it has agreed to be purchased by Arby's. Wow. The Arby's Restaurant Group. Okay. We only have a couple of Arby's left in Amarillo. Right. Um, we have a couple of Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm-hmm. It's, it's A new one out by the airport. Right, so, yeah. right. It's too early to, to know what that exactly means. Um, there's a transaction valued at uh, nearly $3 billion, 2.9. Wow. So uh, it's just kind of interesting that... Um, one restaurant group is taking over the Buffalo Wild Wings franchise. So you might see some of those wing options come to the drive-through window. I don't know. It, it's interesting I, when you see two yeah. two mergers like that happen. Yeah. That, I, I okay, have no idea what yet. might coexist. Nobody so, knows. We're totally speculating. They, but, exactly. Um, but uh, interesting though. It, it it was interesting. So it was something at least to mention. Yeah. Um, the the uh, Ruby Tequilas. Okay, that is is under construction now on for Georgia. A new, on Georgia, right, okay. that is under construction now for a, a tap room. Okay. We we know that the the folks who own the fired up um, group, yeah, fired up holdings, own, yeah. fired up holdings mm-hmm. that owned that building or that was go that owned that Ruby Tequila's right. in the building mm-hmm. at Wolfland Village, um, also. Uh, was putting in a tap room that uh, it was twisted spigot. Right. Um, that that was were, over there on I forty. The old yeah. Kushiyama building. Right. Um, and just to let folks know, because things have been in limbo about some of that because of that bankruptcy, uh, that the restaurant has been listed again for sale or lease. That Kushiyama so the old property. Kushiyama. Okay. Yeah, on I forty, it is. Um, it is on the market for two point two million. Okay. It's on I-40. I, so, that doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, uh, 6,400 square feet. So it's a, a large building and all that. But the interesting thing was if I finally saw a listing for it. So I wanted to be sure that people knew it was back on the market despite the twisted spigot coming soon sign. Right. Okay. So, of course, we're, we're past the Thanksgiving holiday. Now we're right. looking forward to Christmas. Right. Did you do any shopping? 
I did. Okay. I did some online and some local. Okay. So, so you didn't get up at four o'clock on Friday morning? No, I did not. Okay. Um, Me neither. <laughs> my days of that are over probably <laughs> uh, unless uh, unless I go crazy for some reason. Now you think I'm crazy Karen's now. Next assignment. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> The the city of Amarillo launched, by the way, keep it local. Their yeah. their uh, campaign to encourage people to shop shop locally right. to shoop locally. Shoop, um, yeah. Shoop, 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 shoop. No. Yeah, okay. uh, they uh, are trying to remind remind people can't speak that uh, sales tax collections are the biggest portion of the city's budget. Right. Um, it is uh, the majority of the city's budget. In fact, what is collected for property tax, uh, from property tax revenues, only or will not even fund both the fire and police department. Right. So um, they tax depend, is the big part. They yeah. depend on that portion of, of uh, the sales tax. Right. So most of it goes to the state, but they depend on the money that stays here uh, to, to basically fund basic services mm -hmm. uh last year they saw a decline in um sales tax collections uh for the fiscal year for the first time in seven years and like every other city and entity across the country that collects sales tax they're looking at problems with that uh, because because they need it mm -hmm. and and other cities are the same way seeing their sales siphoned off with online sales so it's just a reminder to folks um buy yeah. here that money stays here um I, and i've gotten into this habit when i go into a, a store whether it be um, a local store a, a, a big box or a chain or something i always pull out the iphone and I price match or I, I compare to see a where I can get it cheaper. Do. Right. And and it's become kind of the norm because you've got these barcode scanners on phones that use the camera and um, all of this technology to help you find that, that better price. And I think we get consumed in trying to find that better price, be it a couple of dollars or, you know, 10 or $20. And we don't realize that maybe shopping wiser could help the economy mm -hmm. or making different decisions. Now, I mean, you should, you should absolutely be... Um, you know, responsible with your money. Right. But Small Business Saturday came around for a reason. Right, right. And um, just for an example, one entry-level police officer equals $70,426 for salary plus benefits. Wow. Standard benefits. Okay, and that's so, entry. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, none of the things they do at the city are cheap no um and you've got public safety you've got roads we saw these these bond the the, the propositions right. that came through right so, so if, yeah. if you lose sales tax uh, yeah. you're gonna know it yep we had a chance um recently to try sam's persian restaurant we did and that is at 26th and Paramount. Yep. Um, used to be Milano Pizza, I think. Used and now to be it's Milano Pizza. That didn't. Well, that wasn't there very long. Right. Um, but Sam's Persian's kind of interesting. It, it is. Um, it's it's an opportunity to have different kind of food in Amarillo, and um, their menu is uh, pretty eclectic. But it has the, the kebabs, uh, the Persian yogurt. Um, chicken teke, saffron chicken, um, the, the comes many things come with rice or naan, and uh, it's just an interesting place to go. Our uh, our our producer Hillary, also our digital coordinator, uh, is is across the room engineering this recording, and mm -hmm. she is a big fan of the naan. 
and she, the the non and the Greek yogurt. Yes. In fact, that's pretty much what she orders. Yeah. So, <laughs> if you haven't uh, tried Sam's Persian, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's just another new place. And there's uh, also down the down that strip a Mediterranean place. And, Mediterranean and, and market yeah, with exactly. Mediterranean uh, yeah. food Restaurant option kinda, in there. Yeah, yeah a little in. cafe. Uh, this part of the world does barbecue well. It does burgers. It does the traditional stuff, but we don't find the those. We're we're getting, we're getting more getting and there, more yeah. international uh, market opportunities and and food opportunities. Yeah. But uh, when they when they stay, if they're if they're good when they start, right. we need to support them Absolutely. because that's how we get variety. Right. Um, and I'm just going to give you a couple of a couple of funny products, fun okay. or funny products uh, that, you know, it's holiday time. Sure. Um, you know Lyle Art Gallery on 6th? Yes. Okay. Well, Croc Lyle, Bob Lyle, has been doing um, jewelry made out of shards of the paint off of the cars at Cadillac Ranch. Okay. For, There's a repurpose for everything. Exactly. For many years, in fact, he gets orders. You know, he'll send um, he'll send earrings and pendants and different things off to Australia and all different kinds of places because they want a piece of uh, the Cadillac of the, Ranch, yeah. and it's it's the paint that fall. You know, that's chips off the cars. Sure. So he goes out and collects that. Um, but I just noticed the other day, in case people are Route 66 fans and Cadillac Ranch being on Route 66 is is that. Um, he has now begun making pendants in the shape of the highway shield that mm-hmm. is the old Route 66 highway shield sign. Okay. So that's just that's a, interesting. a yeah. new a new product out there. Okay. Um, and then the other thing that came across was... So he, he calls this a catalyte? Catalyte. 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 Okay, yeah. Yeah. Catalyte is his is his form of gym. Okay. So and they're they're great because they're just all different colors. Yeah. You know, people go out and spray paint the cars all the time. Cool. So the other thing that was fun and interesting was Canadian uh, Texas Chamber of Commerce is selling products uh, modeled after the dinosaur that you see on the hilltop, yes. the mesa top as you go into town right um it his name is odd a-u-d odd and oh she pardon me Uh oops sorry odd sorry odd didn't mean to offend you earlier uh but um it's on the south side of town and it's a dinosaur and now they have small it's on the south side of town and it's a dinosaur and it's a you can't miss it it's a female yeah yeah and yeah don't uh, don't mess with odd Uh -uh. but they have small stuffed ones and large stuffed ones, little dinosaurs, and they're cute. You can market anything. And I know. <laughs> and the one that gets me is the T-shirts, including Keep Canadian Odd. A-U-D. So there's, there's all kinds in kids' sizes, adult sizes. Cool. So if you, uh, if you want something local that's different yep. uh, and support a, yeah. a local chamber of commerce, there you yep. go. That's how you do it. All right, you've got an interview coming up. What are we talking about? I talked with E.J. Ingram. He is uh, chief, well, I don't remember what his title is, but he he handles all the workforce programs connecting um, students to jobs. Okay. Um, so they do job fairs, the career fairs that they do, like the big nursing one and the big education one down there and others. And he they also run programs helping students prepare for job interviews. So we talk a lot about what um, local businesses can do 
to help in that effort. All right. It's coming up next on the Busier Podcast. I'm here in the FM90 studios with E.J. Ingram. He is Employer Relations Coordinator for West Texas A&M University. Uh, The reason I wanted to talk with you is because I think besides telling people about your program, we can also distill some some really good information. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what what an Employer Relations Coordinator does in your case. Well, we're fortunate. We call... What we do, myself and one other guy, we we get to reach out to the employers that would recruit the students that graduate. So the employers that are looking for college degree type people, we get to talk, bring those employers on campus for the most part. Okay. And so you are looking for businesses that can help you with uh, getting them ready for those uh, those job opportunities. Is that right? Yes, exactly. And we look for, we have a lot of of employers that are repeats from year to year to year. But we always look for new ones to come on campus, and we reach out to those. And a lot of times it'll be students that maybe, if they live in another town that may not be in the local area, then we'll look at those particular employers. We we really have a strong connection probably within the top, I'd say within a 120-mile radius of uh, – Amarillo, WT, but we reach out all over. We go to the five-state area, Dallas, Fort Worth, oh, Austin, wow. Houston. Uh, we even have employers coming in from like San Diego, Idaho, Kansas City, uh, typically all over the nation. But for the most part, most are within the 120, 200-mile radius. And I know they're probably looking at, at WT for, for the kinds of graduates uh, in, in certain course avenues that they're looking for. But, but what kind of range of jobs are we talking about? Uh, when you say range of jobs, uh, we work with employers that basically recruit from all of our departments. Could be ag-related, college of business, could be mass communications, um, could be financial within IT, uh, computer science degrees, all of those uh, really, uh, there's specific ones that they look for when mm-hmm. they do come. We take some of the larger employers like Fidelity Investments, uh, Texas Instruments, IBM, Visa. They're looking a lot of times for the IT, uh, computer science, but within those particular companies, they also have other opportunities. It could be financial, whatever it might be. It could be marketing directors. Human resources. So you never or, know yeah. what, what it is, but uh, they all have specifics that they look for. So if we have a student that would like to go to that particular company, we do have contacts within different companies of who they should talk to. Hmm. Okay. What's hot right now? What, what, what can employers not get enough of? That's a good question. Uh, the thing about what we get to do there at WT, we, we do two career fairs. We have a spring and a fall. And uh, each semester we'll have about 90 plus different employers. And I say 90 plus, we uh, bring those on campus. And we have a literally every uh, college department will have an employer of some kind that would represent those. The things that are hot right now, it's hard to say. The College of Business, we have a ton of people that would come to recruit from accounting, financial, credit crunchers, you know, with mm-hmm. banks, IT, whatever. In the computer world, that's always big, computer science, IT, that's huge. 
Uh, it's hard to specifically say what would be hot. Engineering is another profession that, uh, depending on the venue that they'd like to go to, uh, we just finished up uh, this past week. We call it our meet the firms. Those are for accounting majors. So mm-hmm. we have accounting firms that come in to recruit accounting. Um, the other big ones that we have during the year, other than the two for the spring and the fall, we have a nursing career fair. So any student that would be in the nursing field, uh, we have hospitals, doctors, all of the ones that come in from the area that would recruit the nurses. The other big one that we have, uh, a separate career fair, would be our education mm-hmm. career fair. Students that are in the education field will have uh, basically uh, school districts all over the state of Texas, coming in from New Mexico, Colorado, Kansas. They come to recruit students with education degrees to go back. So the world of education is phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> now, you, you also help students prepare for interviews with these companies and to prepare for those job applications yes. and things like that. How do you do that? Okay, one of the things that we, we love to do, we call it a mock interview. And what we do, a lot of the students have never had any kind of an interview. And so when they get ready to graduate, we like for them to be prepared to go out and know how to talk and how to interview. So what we do, we invite typically HR people within a company or decision maker that would be the one to be hiring. And we we invite them in and we go through uh, like about a 30 minute interview with each student. And uh, the first 15 to 20 minutes, it's a typical interview question for that employer to ask that student. You know, it could be a number of things like what motivates you to do your best work or what are your five-year goals? What's a one-year goal? Where do you expect to be? Basically, it's an interview question to that student for them to answer. Then that employer is looking at them and seeing how they would answer. And it's a practice. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them are very nervous. Right. Kind of like what I would be here because I'm not used to doing the world (laughs) of interview or (laughs) anything of that nature. But what we try to do is get the student prepped to know what to expect in an interview. So the first like 15, 20 minutes, that's kind of what it would be. Then the last five or 10 minutes of that 30 minute interview, it's a critique for that employer to go back and say, well, here's what I liked about it. Here, let me give you something that I do like that you didn't do, but maybe this would help you on the next. So if a student comes in within uh, within the last semester that they're going to graduate and do two or three, we do these once, once a month mm-hmm. there on campus. Then if they go in and do uh, two or three type interviews of that nature, then when they walk out of well, leave the university to go into the real world and they've graduated. And if they get an interview with a company, they're going to know how to go in there and conduct themselves, how to sit, what the eye contact should be, how should they look, how should they dress, uh, how do they answer a question if they're asked a specific type question. So we Mm -hmm. work with them on any venue like that we can do. What, uh, what trips them up usually? Well, um, in, in the world of interview, and we work with them, we, we try to tell them, and we'll give them a list. And a lot of times, if they've done their research, they'll know the company uh, profile. They'll know what to expect, what that position would be, because typically, they've already 
had the research and looked and seen what that particular job description might be. Right. So they're going to know exactly, not exactly, they're going to have a good idea. So typically I like to see them when they're asked if the employer will say, give me a 60 second uh, commercial about yourself. Hmm. Well, if they've not done that, mm-hmm. that's kind of a hard thing to do within 60 seconds. But if they've prepped and looked, you know, and can look that employer in the eye and say, my name is such and such, here's my degree plan, this is why I chose it, I've looked at your company, you know, and my background may fit this, whatever it might be. But if they're if they're prepped and they know what to do, that particular one, uh, there's a number of questions that may not even relate mm-hmm. to the job. Right. Employers will ask various things, you know, just to, like, well, tell me what you like to do for fun. Uh-huh. And they'll look at them like, well, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That what does that idea. have to do with this? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's kind of interesting to see what they do mm-hmm. to kind of, they're not really tripping them up. They're just kind of looking to see their overall experience. Like right. what? What can we do to bring you on board? I want to know what your outside activities would be. Uh, you're here to get a particular job or to look at a particular job. But, you know, if they can kind of get a feel for mm-hmm. what that student would like extracurricular, right. you know, they may be a good fit for this department, not this department. So is it is it hard or easy to get students to understand that employers may not just be looking for a skills fit, but they're also looking for a culture fit? Oh, exactly. That that's true. And I think in this day and time, we hear so much about the millennial. Uh, the thing about what you read in the world of the millennial, and you get into the real work world. Right. Uh, I think every generation has had a specific type person to go to work, and I think if we look in our parents, our grandparent, if we look at those particular uh, goal sets, things of that nature, different people will look at a career as lifelong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's uh, uncommon to say I've worked there for 20 years, 40 year, that type of deal. Uh, a lot of times today you'll hear of people changing jobs within a three-year, four-year, five-year period. And th- there's probably different reasons for that that we don't know about. But, and I don't know if that's the millennial or just the day of the culture that mm-hmm. we're in. Right, right. So it's interesting to see, you know, coming from the background that I would come in, you know, typically people, you worked until you retired. And then if you were for- fortunate enough to maybe be in the military or a degree, from a military where you've been in for 20 years and then you're out and then you're young enough to start a second career. Mm-hmm. You, you don't see that often, but you know, those are things that you have to weigh. Up right. And down. Right. And there's a, there's a difference between right. the, the, the students applying today and the students of, of when I graduated from West Texas A&M uh, or, or beyond that, you know, earlier than that, those students, um, these you find are, are what, how do they relate to the employers uh, that come in when they come in for interviews? Well, uh, <clears throat> when we do the mock interviews, mm-hmm. we, we do try to match like a degree plan, an employer that would be, for example, an accounting student, mm-hmm. maybe have a CPA. Okay. Or if it's an ag-related job, maybe have an ag-related company uh, we have a lot of those that have different HR people. 
uh, we, we do that with the intent of giving them kind of what they're looking for when they go to interview. Mm-hmm. But we also like to have different companies interview a student that would not be of that degree type plan. Mainly what we like to tell them is, okay, you talk to two or three different employers that may not be related to what your field of study is. But when you go into the interview, uh, you're going to know what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. They're going to be specifics, of course. But if you just walk in there, and we we do that to build up their confidence. Like mm-hmm. they can walk in, and then whatever question would be asked, that's what their specific might be. Then if they know how to answer uh, and look at them eye to eye, and we do one-on-one type mm-hmm. interviews is what we call it. But in the real world, uh, a student may walk in there in the first job interview, and there'd be five people, right. uh, a panel of people that they've got to talk to mm-hmm. or will talk to. And they don't have any idea when they walk in, but we tell them that's an option, and a lot of companies do that. It may be five or six, seven people. You know, the, uh, how do they conduct themselves? Basically, like you're asked a question, and you're looking and you're talking, and people are writing down notes about you. You know, we try to tell them they're making notes because if they're going to be talking to 15 or 20 people that day, they have to make notes and remember who said what, why they said that. So don't let it throw so you. So don't let it throw you. <laughs> you know, just go in there, answer, look your best, talk confidently. Right. And answer exactly what they ask. Don't give over or under too much information. Is there a difference in the way they address one person as as opposed to a, to that panel you were talking about? Well, there is. Uh, what we try to tell them, in in my opinion, the way you'd look at that would be if you're asked by one specific person, sure, you want to address that person probably 70, 80 percent of the time, but include the rest of the panel. Don't leave them out. You know, like if you can kind of make eye contact and look, you know, kind of like a newscaster, you look like you're being looked at when you look at the TV monitor. Right. But... Actually, if you can include everybody within the conversation, that I think that's best. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be making notes. And that's a good way to look at that. Have interview questions changed uh, over the years? They may have. Uh, we try to tell the interviewer, you know, you're here to kind of see how they would conduct themselves in the interview. One of the things that we like to do there, and a lot of employers do this now, but it's called a behavioral interviewing. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are a little different nowadays compared to some of the regular. And what behavioral intertype viewing would be in a nutshell, it's questions based on past performance could equal future performance. Mm. So they're a little more in depth. It's not strictly a yes or no question. You know, mm-hmm. So they'll give an example of maybe it could be like uh, some, tell me about a time when you failed to meet a deadline. What things did you fail to do? What were the repercussions? Uh, what did you learn? Okay. Uh, things of that nature. So they could see how they may have not handled it correctly the first time, but they did learn they should have done this or should have done that. So going forward, this is what I would do. That's kind of a behavioral type. Yeah. Question. I know that uh, it, there's often the question thrown out, tell me about a mistake you made and, and you know, how, what you learned from it, how you approach things differently or, th- or that sort of thing. And, and then uh, you, you think about people's answers for that. And sometimes uh, when I've been on the 
interviewing side of the equation, uh, you know, the, the mistakes, uh, how do you pick your mistake? You know, how do you pick a mistake that seems like not the most egregious thing ever, but in, and can be corrected, uh, you know, so that it's, I guess, so that you're not um, showing them too much or too little. Well, I, I see what you mean. The, the way I look at that would be uh, if you're, okay, we're talking about students here going into their first job. So a lot of these students have never really had the experience that they may have been asked. So some of the, the things that they will answer really doesn't pertain to the job that they're looking to get. Uh And it could be, you know, they're younger, so they're coming out of college, high school, college, and now getting that first job. But they've looked back on some experience that they've had. Mm -hmm. And those can be good answers. You know, you may think, well, I was too young to really give you that answer. But uh, regardless of what age you really are, you learn from experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom and dad may be the best teacher. A grandparent may be the best teacher. A roommate could be in a, a good experience, whatever like that. Uh, if you've got a way that you've been told what not to do, that this would help you maybe to do a better way. Mm-hmm. And even though they're looking to get into the professional world, I don't know if that's kind of the, the answer you're yeah. looking for, but uh, a lot of these, when you look at the past performance or experience that they've got, or had or will have uh, going forward. Hopefully, they they take and absorb that knowledge, and and make it work. Right, and and that is that answers uh, sort of the question. But uh, you know, I know as an employer uh, looking or a colleague looking to help hire on a panel, um, sometimes when you ask the mistake question, you get, you know, somebody that made a typo or, or, uh, you know, they're afraid to, to say a mistake that sounds more like a mistake, you know, like they, they say things like, well, I'm a workaholic, you know, is that really what you're going for in that answer? So how do you, I guess, let yourself be a little vulnerable without, being too vulnerable in that answer? Well, to me, the more open uh, a student could be or the person being interviewed could, uh, if they said, you know, they love to work and they consider themselves a workaholic, right. uh, maybe that employer's not looking for that, mm-hmm. but they're looking for them to be a good community player. They're looking them to be a, a, a good team player. Right. And I think in this world today, within whatever job you get, you've got to be a good team player. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we do things there at WT within, within the WT world. And a lot of companies do this, but they call it a, a strength quest. Mm-hmm. And what it does basically, it shows your good points, your weak points, your, your top five out of maybe 20, 30, whatever uh, points. And you take a little exam and it'll tell you like, what things that you're good at. Right. And so the employer, if you've done something of that nature, then they can group people together like, okay, this person tends to be a little quieter. This person is a little more analytical. So they can match people mm-hmm. and to be on a team. Right. And depends on the job situation. But I think that's one of the better things. If, mm-hmm. uh, if you worked in a big company and if you had the strength quest Mm-hmm. Uh, things going of that nature. I think you can really group people and see how they can work together, not work together, right. maybe pair people together better than not 
pair people together? Are students more or less prepared to be um, on a team and collaborate these days? I would say they are because a lot of times, you know, within the, the student world, uh, the, they have projects that they do and they do it with, with a team that they're working with. And I like to see, I know in the engineering, they'll have different uh, things that they work with, uh, maybe other departments too, but when they can work together as a team to to get that final outcome, maybe a project for the semester could be things that they started during the summer, uh, anything of that nature. Uh, could be an internship uh, that they're looking at, that, that they're doing the internship for a company. And within that company, they give them a project and it'll be a team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of. Okay. How much play. more are, t- how much more are employers looking for, team members than you know the single work on their own task people these days well that'd be a good question uh, i think they consider that but i also think they look at the fact you know the job has to be complete you know mm-hmm. i don't want somebody to come on and give me an excuse of why they didn't get the task and if you've got a team that can be one thing if you're an individual and you're going to be uh, I know one, for example, an oil company, uh, they're going to put you out in the middle of Dakotas to right. start with. And you're thinking that's the worst place to go in the <laughs> middle of winter. But what they're doing up there is looking, if you can do the work in the brutally cold weather and stand the weather and working six, seven days a week, not being a day off for 30 days, you know, that's the introduction part. But then two, three years down the road, you may be a district manager Mm -hmm. type thing because you knew what to do when you first started right now they're not all that extreme but to give you an idea like in the oil industry like that that can be really brutal really Mm -hmm. extreme but uh the payoff would be in the end you know like you did your job you know what to do you know how to do it you know who to lead how to lead uh so they're looking for things like that and i think really companies nowadays look for leadership within a individual uh, because in the world of the job situation, when you're given specific duties, you know, that has to be done within that department and you, maybe you've advanced to be a department head, uh, you have to depend on the people below you. And it could be the team, it could be the individual or you're the individual and you have a team mm-hmm. under you. Uh, you've got to be the one to coordinate what has to be given up above you right. to get the final outcome. Okay. How do people uh, find you and get involved if they're employers wanting to know more about uh, either helping with the mock interviews or participating in the job fairs? Well, uh, we have two ways. We're we're called the career service on campus. So we work with all the departments on campus. So anybody, if you call WT to the main number, uh, we always laugh and say we have the easiest number on the campus to remember they're all 806 but it's the 806 then it's six five one two three four <laughs> okay one two three four yeah that's, anyway that's so good it's all easy to remember but basically in the career service uh if anybody was interested in looking to uh assist with mock interviews or would like to do that we would give them a heads up exactly what to do what to expect we do have questions if they would prefer to ask the ones that we have mm-hmm. we prefer for that employer to use their own mm-hmm. but if they would like to see what we have uh, we'll supply 
Okay. Questions of that nature. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that number out there again. It's uh, 806-651-2345. I think we were yeah I think we were missing a number uh, on the last time. So we like to tell people you know just remember the six five one two three four five. Yeah. You can reach our department directly. But anybody if you call or Google uh, WT West Texas A and M WT AMU they're going to give you the the main number to call and then they would always direct that okay. to our department. And you can use people. We do. We we love to have every person that would be interested. We have a lot of variety here in Amarillo, but we have those that we may not know of. And if they are interested, we would love to have them participate. And if they're looking for uh, people for a company and they would like to attend a job fair and they don't see, we have other venues before job fair that we do get on and we advertise uh on the TV, we have uh, PSA announcements, things of that nature. But, you know, there are those that would like to participate, and if they don't and would like more information, they can call our department, and we'll make sure they okay. would get that via email or phone call, whatever. Okay. E.J. Ingram, I appreciate your time. Thank you for Thank being you here. The Biz Here podcast is recorded in the FM90 studios in the Washington Street campus of Amarillo College. Thanks for listening. For more of Karen's Biz Here content, visit panhandlepbs.org or follow us on social media. Together, let's amplify Amarillo and turn up the Texas Panhandle.